Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So Turkey is a member of NATO, but its government is not acting like it. They just bought missiles from Russia, forcing the U.S. to cancel the sale of warplanes to them. That's the latest in a long series of events that have put Turkey at odds with the United States and the rest of the Western alliance that it's nominally a part of. So the question is, how did things get so bad, and could they possibly get better? That's Today on Worldly, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Zach Beecham, here with Jen Williams and talking to Alex Ward from a remote location. Right, Alex? Yes. Hey, I'm in uh, Aspen, Colorado at the Aspen Security Forum, and the Aspen Institute here was extremely kind in letting me record in their lovely podcast studio, and I thank them very much for their efforts, so I sound uh, better than I would on a cell phone. Alex, you wrote about this missile situation. Get our listeners up to speed as to what's going on. Sure. So uh, a bit ago, Turkey bought missiles from Russia. These are the S-400 missiles. They are basically air defense missiles. So they would take planes out of the sky. Um, they just received a delivery from it uh, very recently from Russia, and this has caused a massive spat with the United States. The big issue being that the claim is that this system can basically gather information on the very now infamous F-35 fighter jet, which of course is supposed to be the most advanced fighter jet of its kind, made by the U.S. and delivered to NATO allies. And so this has made, naturally, the U.S. and, and NATO pretty unhappy. One, because of course it's Turkey buying a, a Russian system as opposed to an American air defense system. And then two, it's because, well, Turkey was actually helping to make the F-35 jets. And now, so it's weird that they're buying the Russian-made air defense system, which could, again, learn like the secrets of this jet, like the stealth technology and the way it flies and all other kinds of information. So it's become just this really odd uh, situation that's turned into a geopolitical spat. Okay, so just let me get this straight here. So Turkey, our NATO ally, U.S. ally in NATO, the organization that was essentially formed in opposition to Russia, just bought a missile defense system from Russia that could potentially take out and gather information on U.S. planes. Do I have that right? That is that is what happened, yes. And the, okay, and to, okay. And, and, so and, as messed up as it sounds, just making sure. Yeah, and to be clear, like Turkey bought it a bit ago. The U.S. had been working for a while and, and some NATO allies to get Turkey to reverse its decision. Clearly hasn't happened because now Russia is, is going to help uh, Turkey install the system soon. So then the U.S. in retaliation was just like, we're not going to sell you F-35s, even though Turkey had wanted to buy some in the past. Right. In fact, there were even some Turkish pilots training on the F-35, I believe out in Arizona, and now they are no longer allowed to do that and they're not going to receive any F-35s in the future. Okay, so... All of this sounds like nonsense. The question is, how did we get here? And I think the answer goes back all the way to Turkey's original entry in NATO in 1951, right? Because the U.S.-Turkey alliance was never like a close 
relationship of two countries that share a deep and profound connection like it was with uh, certain European countries. It was a marriage of convenience, right? Turkey was a bulwark against Soviet incursion into the Middle East that was strategically admitted into NATO as part of a broad power politics, Cold War competition type schema. There wasn't much consideration about whether Turkey would fit very well in a broader Western alliance that it actually has some internal tensions with. And there have been major disagreements between the U.S. and Turkey throughout this entire time period. So one is the Cyprus situation. To make a very long story short, Turkey wanted to invade Cyprus, part of Cyprus. The U.S. did not want Turkey to invade part of Cyprus. Turkey invades parts of Cyprus, and it caused a bit of a spat. And then on top of that, after the Cold War ended, that veneer of like anti-Soviet mutual sentiment, that goes away. And then those simmering tensions get exacerbated by what happened in the 1991 Gulf War, where... To make another long story short, the U.S. imposed a no-fly zone in in northern Iraq. It helped, uh, in effect, to stop the repression and and slaughter of Kurds, and uh, that contributed to the development of a of a Kurdistan, which uh, Turkey is not happy about because Turkey and, and the Kurds have a long fraught history, and uh, that effectively put a Turkish system governance, uh, as they would say, right on Turkey's doorstep. And just so everyone's clear, if you're looking at a map, Turkey kind of sits right in the middle of like three really big regions. So you have Europe up and to the left. You have Russia and Kazakhstan and the former kind of Soviet bloc up and to the right. And then below it, you have the Middle East and North Africa, right? So it's basically at this crossroads. And it's been this position for ever, basically. And it's always kind of played this game of being part of Europe, but also kind of part of the East and Russia, but kind of also part of the Middle East. So that kind of helps explain why it was part of NATO, but also kind of flirting with Russia, but also was really involved in the Middle East. So just to kind of help you get a handle on on why Turkey is involved in so many different things, it's because of its unique position on the map. And so this also makes it super strategic and has made the U.S. want to maintain and build on its relationship with Turkey for quite some time. The problem is that try as the U.S. might, in recent years, there have been a series of factors that have made it much harder for this relationship to stay what it has been at times in the past, and in fact, push the two countries towards divorce. The first reason is one we've talked about a lot on the show, is that Turkey's leader, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, is a strong man. Right? He has been prime minister and then president and has consolidated a lot of power in his office. He's made it very difficult for there to be free and fair elections in the country, crack down on press freedoms, uh, crack down on minority rights. All of these different positions uh, have alienated him from a Western alliance in which nominally respect for human rights is supposed to, and democracy is supposed to be a core part of membership in the system. It's forced the U.S. to try to think about Turkey as a human rights abuser, not just a potential ally. And while this is not as much of a problem in the Trump administration, it has created some broader rifts. And there have been certain instances where Americans have been detained by Turkey's government that have made the Trump people unhappy. But but that's not the only reason why things have gotten so bad. Right. And then you also have Syria, right? So you have the, the uprising in Syria that turns into this bloody, horrific civil war that's gone on for years now. Turkey shares a border with Syria, so it is very heavily involved in trying to manage that conflict. You have you know, tens of thousands of refugees flowing over the border into Turkey. You have the rise of ISIS in Syria, which freaks out everybody, right? And you have the U.S. basically deciding, okay, we need to fight ISIS inside of Syria. 
the U.S. decides to, once again, as before, we saw with, you know, with Iraq earlier, to ally with the Kurds and essentially uses the Kurds as its proxy force to help fight ISIS. That, once again, royally pisses off Turkey because, again, Turkey really, really, really does not want to have an independent Kurdish state on its borders. It does not want to have that. And it worries that, you know, basically because the U.S. is working with the Kurds, that eventually that's going to be where that ends, right? So Turkey and the U.S. Sorry, can we we talk a little bit more just in case— uh, listeners aren't super familiar with the Kurdish situation about just why Turkey is so upset about the prospect of a Kurdish state. Right. On their border. So for decades, Turkey has been fighting essentially an insurgency um, led by Kurds who are separatists within the country who want their independent state. Right. So Kurds are essentially this group that have uh, populations in Iran, in Syria, in Turkey, in Iraq, but they have no state, no country of their own to speak of that's, you know, independently recognized as a sovereign country. And a lot of Kurds have been working to try to get that for a very long time and have been fighting in particularly in Turkey against the government waging, you know, a bloody kind of uprising, terrorist attacks, things like that. So Turkey sees essentially all of these Kurdish groups as one and the same. As part of this decades-long insurgency, they've been fighting whether or not the U.S. is actually working with that faction is a different question. But essentially, Turkey sees the rise of this stronger Kurdish organization and quasi-state getting stronger and stronger on its borders and is like, no, hell no. We've been through this. We're not doing this. And that, once again, puts Turkey and the U.S. on exact opposing sides in a very, very important war right on Turkey's border. Right, and it, it's extremely literally opposing sides, right? Turkey at one point invaded northern Syria to check the Kurdish presence there. It has bombed U.S.-backed forces there. Like, the people that the, the the factions that the United States is arming or has been arming against ISIS are the same ones that Turkey is trying to kill. And there's a widespread expectation that if the U.S. pulls out of Syria, Turkey might very well go full-on in and try to destroy any semblance of Kurdish autonomy in northern Syria. So uh, this is like a very, very thorny issue in the relationship between the U.S. and one of its allies. But that's not all, right, Alex? That's not all. You'll also get Turkey's closer relations to Russia. Uh, Behind door number three. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed it is. So, I mean, we talked about the S-400 issue at the top of the show, uh, but in fact, th- those are the those are the missiles, exactly. Got it. Uh, the, the air defense missiles. But uh, what's also happening is actually closer Ankara-Moscow ties. So, so in 2018, for example, like Erdogan and Putin, Vladimir Putin, met seven times in person, and they even spoke on the phone another 18 times that year. That is a lot of interaction. That sort of uh, close relationship continues this year. And it's been a long time worry now in the U.S. that, hey, maybe Turkey is starting to lean more towards Russia's orbit than it is towards the U.S., NATO, and and whatnot. And uh, another reason this seems more fraught is, again, with that S-400 missile issue, Basically, the U.S. and NATO put a lot of pressure on Turkey, kind of being like, guys, what are you doing? Like, don't buy this Russian system. You've, you're part of the F-35 program. You want to use an American-made uh, missiles. And on, on top of that, of course, the fighter jets. And there just was tons of back and forth. And at the end of the day, Turkey was like, nah, man, 
we're just going to stay with with the Russian-made stuff. And this has now caused a big issue. Now White House statements coming out and reprimanding Turkey for this. Um, there may be sanctions uh, by the U.S. placed on Turkey over buying the Russian system. And now, of course, Turkey can't use the F-35. And this was supposed to be not only the U.S. selling these planes to uh, allies, but also kind of turning into like an, a U.S.-allied air force, right? A kind of, In a sense, kind of a NATO air force where a bunch of countries would use the same plane. And that made it easier to kind of operate together, et cetera, et cetera. And so now the worry is that Turkey has effectively invited Russia into the fold, that this that this air defense system can make NATO weaker. There are a lot of uh, technical issues as to why that may not be true. We don't won't go into that. But all I'll say is that basically this is now like just this missile system, just to make very, very clear, this whole issue has caused one of the biggest rifts between the U.S. and Turkey in years. Okay, so really quickly, just to recap, U.S., Turkey— not getting along so well because of a couple of reasons, right? Syria, Russia, uh, these missiles, a few things, right? But I just want to make it clear to to listeners, like, why this matters. I, I mean, yeah, okay, Turkey bought some missiles from Russia, eh, whatever, right? It's actually really, really important because if you actually think about, again, going back to where Turkey is located, it's a very strategic position, also, because it's in such a very strategic position, kind of close to Russia, it also happens to be where United States nuclear weapons are located. So the U.S. has nuclear weapons kind of in countries around Europe from, you know, the legacy of the Cold War and so on in order to kind of counter Russia. Some of those nuclear weapons are located in Turkey because, again, they are a NATO ally. We also have, like, a joint-use agreement with the Interlake Air Base in Turkey, which is a really strategic air base that the U.S. uses for things like, you know, operating in Syria, which, again, became a really big issue with the conflict in Syria. But other areas in Europe and in the Middle East, it's a really strategic location. And so it's not just like, oh, these two countries are happen to not get along. Like, this is a very, very important country for the United States because they literally— have our nuclear weapons sitting on their soil. And if they are flirting with Russia and inviting Russia to come in and start working on these, um, you know, weapon systems together, there's a lot of concern, right, among the U.S. and other NATO allies that they will get access to other information, that they will get more access to security issues like things about our nuclear weapons, things like that. So just to be clear, like, this really matters in a very serious way beyond just, like, two random countries not getting along. Additionally, it's it's a key part of the U.S. structure for how the Middle East is supposed to be operating, right? If you don't have Turkey cooperating, broadly speaking, with the arc of American policy, then it's just that much more difficult for the country to be able to organize effective coalitions of nations to uh, effectuate the kind of policy that it wants in the Middle East more broadly. Turkey matters even if Turkey is a deeply troubled country with a deeply, deeply troubled government and a frankly terrible leader. So here's the crossroads we're at, right? Are things just going to get worse or are they going to get better? And that's what we're going to talk about after the break. Hey, welcome back. So you may have thought from the ending of the last section that now we might have been a little more hopeful that we were going to say, hey, maybe things really could get better in the U.S.-Turkey relationship. No, you're wrong. It really seems like it's going to keep getting worse. All right, right let's Jen? be honest. No worldly <laughs> listener thought things were going to get 
more upbeat okay, as the show went so, on. Sometimes, sometimes we say good things. I want to do an episode about all about good things. Like that decline- is not this episode. Okay, however. fine. No, fine. It's not this episode. We'll talk about declining mortality rates in Sub-Saharan Africa at a different point. Right now, is the U.S. Turkey relationship going to get any better? Probably not. No, and why not? Okay, well, I have a couple of reasons. The first is this. This Russian system issue is just going to keep getting worse, especially once like Russian operatives come into the country, start actually building the thing. A lot of them will surely be intelligence officials. And of course, the Turkey-Russia friendship blooms and, and gets even stronger. My second reason would be that Erdogan shows no sign of really becoming a uh, less of an authoritarian leader and, and offering fewer anti-American stances. And so you can imagine that the tensions between Washington and Ankara will only get worse over time. And then on top of that, Trump himself uh, has not done much to really uh, quell tensions between the U.S. and Turkey. He sanctioned the country, um, put tariffs on on its products, and has, you know, I think correctly, lambasted it for detaining Americans. There's also a whole—and there's just other longstanding issues between the two. And so, like, if you're just looking at the trend lines, it just seems like things are going to get worse before they get better, if they get better at all. So I find the Trump piece of this a little curious, right? Because on the face of it, you can look at some of these patterns, cozying up to Russia, disregarding human rights, and you're like, well, why, why would Trump care about that? That just doesn't seem like a thing that this administration would get worked up about. Right. I, I think that makes sense. Um, but in fact, Trump seems to care very deeply about the hostage issue, for example. And so when Pastor Andrew Brunson was detained, right, he like went all out and was like, Turkey, how dare you bring him back? Um, you could argue that there was a bit of a... a Remind me who that is, Alex. Yeah, he's a uh, he was a detained pastor. He was believed to um, have... Turkey said that he was a terrorist or was uh, something along those lines, was a spy. There's no evidence that he ever was. And he had been living in Turkey for quite some time. And so he was detained for a couple of years. He was finally released and sent back to the U.S., got an Oval Office meeting. Uh, so, like, that became just a really big issue for Trump. And has has and now that Brunton's back, has he's kind of let, uh, you know, released his, his anger and he's kind of okay now. Um, sorry, I forgot to mention one other thing as to why I think the, the relationship may suffer going forward is that uh, Jen rightly notes— that uh, Turkey is a strategic country and and we use its bases and whatnot, but like it's become less of a strategic country to a certain extent. I mean, yes, we use uh, the Insulik Air Base, but like we also have you know a base in Qatar, and we're also building up troops elsewhere in the region. And so there was a time where like Turkey was kind of the only place where the U.S. had a foothold in the area, and now that's not necessarily true. And so it's kind of like a mix between Turkey's being bad and the U.S. doesn't need Turkey as much anymore. Thinking about this, right? So we've talked a lot about Trump and NATO, right? We've talked about Trump questioning the purpose of NATO, whether NATO is even relevant anymore in a post-Cold War era, about him being reluctant to even, you know, stand up for Article 5 to say that he would defend, you know, other NATO countries if they were invaded or attacked. And it seems like this is one of the ways to, to break apart the NATO alliance, right? Russia is very clearly targeting Turkey and trying to make this a wedge into NATO, and it seems to be pretty successful. I guess I'm kind of wondering why Trump, of all of all things, decided now he was going to start caring about NATO? Or is it something else? Like, why does Trump give a shit? Or is it not Trump? Is it Bolton? Is it someone else in the administration that's like the old school cold warrior 
that really cares about this? Because that part doesn't really add up for me. Yeah, so uh, it's a good question. My read of it is, and and maybe Alex is a different one, but my sense is that the president is not paying a lot of attention to the security policy thing. He does, as Alex suggested earlier, really seem to care personally about Americans being detained in other countries. He's made that a big issue in a number of different bilateral relationships. So it wouldn't surprise me that that stuff mattered to him personally and directly. But there's also this much broader foreign policy bureaucracy and architecture. And I don't know if you need a policy principle like Trump or Bolton or need to single out one of them for uh, you know people who have been in government for a long time working on issues related to Turkey to see these long-term shifts in the way that Turkey has been operating and who it decides to partner with. This isn't just a like past few years problem. The authoritarianism uh, in Turkey started years ago. You have a a foreign policy apparatus that looks at Turkey and sees an ally that is getting less and less reliable and that looks and watches at the trajectory of NATO and thinks, well, shit, if we have this unreliable NATO partner, we need to figure out what we can do to protect American interests and, you know, America's overall approach to the alliance. You don't need, you know, the top of the administration for people who are paying attention to Turkey in the foreign policy bureaucracy or permanent state to be able to No, Zach, I think all all that's fair. Uh, One of the reasons I I would agree with that interpretation is like, well, one, Trump does seem to have, uh, seems to be friendly with Erdogan personally when they meet at certain conferences, like he's pretty jovial, right? They kind of hang out, they smile, they shake hands, that's all well and good. Um, The Kim Jong-un treatment. in, In a sense, right? I mean, another strong man that Trump likes. The other aspect is when Trump is basically saying, like, oh, it's not Turkey's fault that they bought this Russian system. Like, it's not fair we can't sell them the F-35. And so he's almost acting like Turkey's the victim here, when in fact they're the ones that chose to get the Russian system in the first place. And so if if I were a betting man, I would say that I feel like one of it is Trump is, you know, likes Erdogan and, and wishes that there weren't this rupture, which is fair, right? Trump continues to say, like, it'd be nice if the U.S. had a rela- good relationship with everybody and not a bad relationship. And the other, and I would venture, is... I think Trump just wants to sell American weaponry to Turkey, right? Like sell missiles, air defense systems, sell more planes and keep the relationship good. So, uh, but that said, like, I don't think the rupture, the recent rupture really happened because Trump was worried about Russian air defense systems. I think that was very clearly like a government architecture issue that sort of trickled up and eventually Trump just had to deal with it. So that's where we're going to leave you with the future of one of America's historically important alliances uncertain. I want to thank our producer, Bird Pinkerton, and another friendly producer, Jeffrey Geld, who helped us make this all put together. I want to thank the Aspen Security Forum for helping connect Alex. And a special thank you to Amina Akhtar for uh, connecting me and Aspen and uh, working and doing some troubleshooting and also waking up early to join me here. So a very special shout out to her. And I want to encourage all of you, as always, to rate and subscribe and review to Worldly on whatever podcast platform you like. We love you guys. We will talk to you next week.